Hi, my name is Sarah, and I'm from the blog Short Stories. Today, I'm going to narrate one of my short stories. It's called Silver Hearts Part 1. The bushes rustled, and small branches snapped in quick succession. As the creature ran over the forest floor, moonlight illuminated the forest in the grove. As only a few flashes of it could be seen between the trunks of tall and ancient trees. Suddenly, the footfall stopped. A loud crack could be heard. As a rock split into two, and small pieces of it thudded to the ground. On the left, beyond a small clearing, stood a cave carved into a hill. At its entrance stood a tall stone door that was cracked in the middle. The space was large enough for an animal to slip through. As the creature slid between the crack into the darkness, it left a scratch mark on the stone. The black color digital alarm clock beeped on a wooden bedside table. As a petite hand reached out to turn it off, Leela yawned and slowly sat up as the soft rays of sunlight streamed through the curtains on her window. She scratched her head and ruffled her brown chestnut hair in the process. She rubbed her eyes and put her feet into a pink bedroom slippers. She slipped into a bathroom down the hall and got ready for school. As she brushed her teeth, she looked into her mirror and frowned. She did not like the way she looked and felt like a plain Jane. She had a petite face and round chin. Brown curly hair cascaded down her neck to her shoulders, and her pale green eyes squinted into the mirror as she frowned at herself. Once she was dressed in a simple white sleeveless shirt with a black checkered flannel shirt and blue jeans, she quickly did her makeup and went downstairs to the kitchen for breakfast. Her kitchen was on the left of the staircase at the bottom. She heard someone humming as she reached the bottom of the stairs and smiled slightly. Her mother, who was named Jane, was a medium-sized woman with blonde wavy hair and pale blue eyes. She was wearing a blue bathrobe while she fried eggs on the stove. As Nayla walked through a round wooden archway and into the kitchen, her mother, Jane, turned around and said, Happy birthday, Nayla. Hurry up and eat your eggs and toast before they turn cold. Good morning, Mum. Where's Dad? Leila asked. Leila sat down at the counter on a wooden stool and slowly ate her breakfast. Your dad had to leave early for work, but said that he would be back early tonight to celebrate your birthday. What are your plans today? Jane asked. After school, 
Beth and I are going to a bonfire party to celebrate Halloween. While celebrating my birthday, Hela replied. What time is the party? Jane asked. It's at 6. Don't worry, Mum. I'll be back home straight after school to celebrate my birthday with you guys before I head out to the party, Hela said. Remember to be responsible and don't stay out past 10pm, Jane said firmly. Yes, Mum. I gotta go. Didn't want to be late for school. See you later, Hila said, as she rushed to put on her backpack. See you later. Love you, Jane said, as she turned around. But Leila had already left. Leila closed the door and slowly walked to the bus stop at the main street. As she exited the side street that led to the main street, she saw that Beth and her next door neighbor Tess were waiting at the bus stop. Beth Green had blonde hair and grey eyes, and she was very shapely in her light pink dress. Tess Miller had black hair and brown eyes. She, on the other hand, was slim but small-chested. She wore a tight black colour tank top and short white cotton pants. Ayla groaned and rolled her eyes. She hated her neighbour, but she was happy that she could go to school with Beth. Beth saw Layla coming up to the bus stop and squealed. Happy birthday, Layla. Can't wait to celebrate it with you tonight. I got you something for your birthday. Layla ignored Tess and hugged Beth. Thanks, Beth. You didn't have to get me anything. Layla smiled warmly. Nonsense. It's your birthday. You deserve a present. Beth exclaimed. Beth handed Layla a present wrapped in light blue striped ribbon paper with a blue bow on it. Guess what's in it, Beth said. Knowing Leela is probably some golf chick stuff like dead animal skulls and death metal, Tess said with a smirk. Leela stiffened and clenched her teeth, but ignored Tess. Beth's cheek went red with anger, and she said, So you are the neighbour that Leela keeps talking about. I remember you. You wanted to try out for the cheerleading team, but got rejected. No wonder you are so bitter and bitchy. As Tess's face started to flush red with embarrassment, Leila intervened and turned to Beth. Just ignore her, Beth. She's not even worth it, Leila said. She then turned to Tess and reluctantly asked her, Why are you here, Tess? Doesn't your brother drive you to school every morning before going to college? It's none of your business, freak, Tess said with a scowl. As Beth was about to start another fight with Tess, the school bus pulled up. Ella exhaled a sigh of relief and gently pushed Beth towards the bus. Come on, Beth, let's head up and ignore her. As Beth and Tess glared at each other across the aisle at the back of the bus, Ayla put on her headphones and stared out the window. The day passed by slowly. Ayla could barely concentrate as she tried to ignore the whispers and muffled laughter that passed between her housemates. She knew what they were talking about, how she was a weirdo who talked to crows and liked to hang out in graveyards to practice witchcraft. This gossip started because of what happened two years ago. When she was in freshman year, 
she was the only one staring out the window. When a mother of crows slammed into window panes and died on the spot one afternoon. Another time, she was walking near a graveyard when a black cat came up to her. As she was petting it, she saw a teenage boy from another school on a bike, riding down the road in her direction. His bike suddenly started to move erratically and almost hit her and the cat on the pavement, but it swerved at the last minute and crashed into the tree. The boy was sent to the hospital while she and the cat were left unscathed. She was blamed for the boy's injuries even though the police said that the road was icy that day and the boy lost control of his bike. Ever since then, there have been rumours going around that she was a witch. People started to bully her and leave pictures of dead animals in her locker along with the word witch scrawled on the pictures every day. Some even wrote the word evil witch on her Facebook page. It got to the point that Lila locked herself in a toilet during lunch and Benny left the house after school. No one knew about her self-harm episode and her neighbour who hated her only made it worse by spreading the rumour of her practising black magic in her house. Her mother saw her crying one day in a bathroom and asked her about it. When she told her mother about the bullying, her mother reported this to the teachers, but they couldn't do anything about it as they did not know who the perpetrator was. In the end, Leila had to undergo counselling for the whole of her freshman year until she told the counsellor that she was fine and didn't need therapy anymore. Eventually, the picture stopped appearing in her locker and the hype died down. But the people who are friends with Tess still treated her like an omen and made snide remarks about her whenever they thought she couldn't hear them. And she became known as a school witch. When Beth moved to Layla's town in her sophomore year, she became friends with Layla and ignored the gossip of the other students. She made Layla's life feel brighter and more bearable at school. Layla? 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 Mr. Hill is asking you a question, Beth whispered while poking Layla with a pen. Layla snapped out of her reverie and realised that everyone was looking at her. Mr. Hill, a short and stout middle-aged man with brown hair and a slight hot belly, cleared his throat and said, Perhaps you did not hear me the first time, Layla. I asked you to read pages 75 to 78. Sorry, Mr. Hill, I was distracted for a moment, Layla said sheepishly. Layla stood up and flipped her history book to page 75, while some of the other students sniggered, and Tess whispered something to another girl. Once classes for the day ended, Leela quickly gathered up her books and stuffed them into her bag. As she was walking out of math class, Tess stuck out her foot and almost tripped Leela. Luckily, Leela managed to balance herself, and she pretended not to notice Tess's prank. As Tess and her group of friends sniggered behind her, Leela walked with dignity out of her class and met Beth outside. Next to Beth stood a tall boy 
with brown hair and blue eyes, named Ned Smith. He was wearing the school's sports jacket with the words Red Fox High in black on the front, along with the colour red and white as its main theme. He wore the jacket over a black polo t-shirt with dark blue jeans. He had a boyish grin on his face as he talked to Beth with his hand on her shoulders. Hey Beth, hey Ned, Layla greeted them. Beth smiled at Layla and Ned said, Hey witch girl, jokingly. Beth nudged him and said, Don't joke like that. You know that that's a sensitive subject to Layla. Ned laughed and said, Sorry Layla, I was just joking. How's math class? Layla shrugged and said unenthusiastically, Oh, you know, the usual. Mr. Davis keeps giving me hard questions that are unsolvable, and everyone keeps sniggering around me. Beth gave Layla a pat on the shoulder and said, Well, look on the bright side. It's the end of the day and Friday. We are officially done with the classes till next week. Ned doesn't have basketball practice, and I don't have cheerleading practice today. We can finally celebrate your birthday. Layla smiled and said, Sure thing. I'm going to go home to celebrate my birthday with my parents first. Want to join me? We would love to, but I think you should spend some quality time with your parents first. We will join you later and pick you up to go to the bonfire. Plus, I have to go home to change and do up for tonight, Beth replied. Alright then. See you guys later, Layla said. As she walked out of school, Layla turned around and saw Ned being down to kiss Beth. She was happy for them, but a part of her wondered when she would find her own special someone. As Layla sat on the school bus, she thought of how she couldn't wait to finish her senior year and move to a university in a different state and escape the rumours in a small town. She was going home alone that day, as Ned recently got his driving licence and wanted to show off his car to Beth. Beth offered her a ride at lunch, but Layla knew that Ned wanted some time alone with Beth. Layla liked Ned. He was a typical jock who was sometimes a bit insensitive, but he was nice to her, and like Beth, he couldn't care less about the rumours of Layla being a witch. He was a loyal boyfriend to Beth, and the two of them were a power couple of the school. Being friends with a popular couple also meant that fewer people tried to bully her in school. But despite this, they last year to deal with the occasional stares and whispers whenever she walked past the lockers or sat in class. She put on her earphones and listened to her favourite indie song to tune out everyone and waited for her bus to stop. As she exited the bus, she wondered why Tess wasn't on it. Either way, she was relieved to not have to walk home with her. She walked down the quiet side road to her house and walked up to a two-story, grey-coloured suburban house with a brown tiled roof and white porch. It had a black hanging basket swing on it and a side glass table, an aluminium chandelier on the hook attached to the rafters and had a glass robin carved into the top. It swung lazily in the wind as she stepped on her porch. Tessa's house, which was next to hers, 
was white with red roof tiles and a simple brown porch that had a wooden rocking chair on it. As Layla was opening her front door, Tessa's front door opened and out stepped a young man with straight black hair and brown eyes. He was wearing a light blue hoodie and black pants and was carrying a dark brown backpack. He saw Layla and said, Hey Layla, how's your day? Layla blushed a little and shyly said, Hey Adam, yeah, my day is pretty much the same as every other day. Going through classes that I have no interest in while your sister tries to undermine me. Yeah, sorry about that. Ever since the trading tryouts, my sister has been super bitchy and mean to everyone. Don't take it too personally, Adam apologized while scratching his head. Leila thought otherwise, but decided not to mention to him the constant bullying Tess gave her at school. Anyway, I better head off to class. Happy birthday by the way, I overheard your mom talking on the porch. She was on the phone mentioning something about buying a birthday cake for you when I came back. She's out now, Adam continued. Thanks, Adam. I gotta head in to do my homework. See you later, Hila said. Yeah, see you later. Adam smiled and waved goodbye as he got into his white color Honda Civic car and drove off. Hila closed the front door and was still blushing as she went to the kitchen to drop her bag and grab an apple from the fridge. She could see that the counter was filled with her favorite food, like beef lasagna and honey chicken wings. She resisted the urge to take a chicken wing and headed up to her room to do her homework. An hour later, Nina heard her mother unlock the door. She put down her pen and went downstairs. Her mother was putting the cake in the fridge and quickly closed it when she heard Layla come to the kitchen. Hey mom, Layla greeted Jane. Jane turned around and feigned innocence and just unloaded some groceries onto the white marble counter. Hey Layla, just trying to put some groceries into the fridge. Shouldn't you be getting ready for the bonfire party? Jane asked. I'll be getting ready soon. I was just doing some homework. Need my help with anything? Layla asked. No, I'm fine. Glad that you are being so responsible and doing your homework on your birthday. Why don't you get ready? Your dad will be home soon and we can celebrate your birthday by then. Okay, Layla replied. She walked out of the kitchen and walked up the brown wooden staircase. She walked past the brown wooden doors and the cream colored walls and opened her door at the end of the hallway. As she opened her bedroom door, she walked to her white-colored closet door and opened it to find a nice dress for the bonfire party. Most of her clothes were dark-colored shirts and jeans, but she had a few cocktail dresses that her mother picked up for her last year when she noticed that Layla's clothes didn't have much color and variety. She picked out a black colored sundress with a navy blue colored denim jacket and decided to wear her gold crescent moon earrings. Just as she was putting on her black colored eyeliner at her brownish yellow dressing table, she heard 
her mother greeted her father downstairs. She finished off her makeup and went downstairs to greet her father. Hey dad, how was work? Layla asked. Her mother and father looked up from the landing and both looked shocked to see Layla wearing a dress. Layla, you look so beautiful, Jean said with a proud look on her face. I agree, you look wonderful, Layla. Work was pretty boring. I spent most of my day attending meetings and listening to clients complain about my blueprints for their buildings, Henry said. Layla's father, Henry, was a tall and stocky man with black but curly hair and green eyes. He wore a light blue business shirt with black colored trousers and he had a favorite dark red tie that he always wore to work. Thanks, mom and dad. It's really just a simple dress, Nila said with embarrassment. She was not used to wearing a dress and she felt a bit awkward having her parents compliment her on her appearance. She joined them in making a rocket salad to go with the rest of the food and sat at a wooden round shaped kitchen table to eat dinner. How was school today? Henry asked Nila while putting a large helping of langsana on his plate. It was fine that I had a tough time in math class but my other classes were manageable. Nila replied, do you need my help? What is the topic you're struggling with? Henry asked. It's fine, Dad. I'm going to do a group study with Beth and the rest next Monday to solve my hardest math questions. Yela replied as she slowly ate her lungs in. That's great, but if you need any help with your homework, just ask us, alright? Henry said. Yela nodded. As Yela started eating her chicken wings, Jane asked her, Are your classmates nice to you? I know that Beth is your best friend, but have you tried making any other friends in class? Lila paused and said, I don't need any other friends, Mom. Beth and Ned are my best friends, and the only friends I need. I know that freshman year was a traumatic experience for you, Pumpkin, but it's been three years. Wouldn't it be nice to get to know other people from high school before you graduate? Who knows, maybe those new friends could end up being your roommate at university. Mila put down her fork. I don't want to talk about this, Mila said curtly. She pushed aside her plate and said, I'm not really hungry anymore. Just as Jane was about to say something, Henry put his hand on hers and shook his head. Alright then, you don't have to talk about it anymore. Since you are done with dinner, could you help me put the rest of the plates in the dishwasher? Jane asked Leila. Sure, Leila replied. Just as she was finishing loading the plates into the dishwasher, the doorbell rang. I got it, Henry said, and stood up to open the front door. Beth had her arms around Ned and was happily chatting with him when the door opened. Therefore, I like blue half sleeve shirt, a white skirt, and a light yellow coat. Barnett wore a white shirt with brown leather jacket and dark blue jeans. Just as she was about to say hi to Henry, she could sense the net and she just walked into a tense situation. She tried to lighten the mood, 
Hey, Mr. Walker, how are you? Beth asked in a cheery tone in her voice. Good evening, Mr. Walker, Ned said with a goofy grin. Henry's tense expression morphed into a smile. Hi, Beth. Hi, Ned. I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Are you here to pick up Layla for the bonfire party? Henry said warmly. Yep, we are going to be using my new car to drive all of us to the bonfire. Ned said proudly. Great, come on in. Layla and her mother are in the kitchen. We are just about to bring out the birthday cake, Henry said, as he gestured them into the house. Hey Layla, bash it cheerfully and hug Layla. Hey guys, Layla said with a sad smile. Jane was at the fridge with her back facing the rest. Hey Mrs. Walker, Beth greeted her. Ned greeted her as well. Hey kids, bet you could make it in time to celebrate Nila's birthday with us. Jane turned around with a slightly worried expression on her face, but smiled when she saw Ned and Beth. She placed the birthday cake on the table and put in the blue birthday candles. It was a light pink and round cake with white flower petals on the edge and a pink chocolate butterfly on the top with the words Happy Birthday Layla written in black cursive letters. Wow Layla, he looks beautiful and yummy. Beth said as she tried to cheer up Layla. Layla put on a smile and said Thanks mom, it looks great. They sang her a birthday song and after the cake was cut and partially eaten, Jane, Henry, and Ned added their presents with Beth's and put them in a pile at the glass living room table. The living room table was on the right side of the house. As all of them sat at a peach-colored couch with the right fur rug underneath the living room table, Leila opened Beth's present. Beth gave her a cute cloud plush toy and a knitted black sweater. Ned gave her a white colored notebook with black colored elk painting on the front. Henry gave her a pair of black colored headphones. Jane gave Leila a small blue jewelry box with a yellow ribbon tied on top. Leila opened the box and in it lay a small heart-shaped silver locket with wine carvings on the edge. Leila opened it and saw a picture of her as a baby in Jane's arms inserted into the right side of the locket. She was wrapped in pink cloth with her green eyes smiling at the camera. On the left side held a family picture of young Leila and her parents. Leila smiled with teary eyes and hugged Jane. Thanks, Mum. I love it, Leila said emotionally. I thought that you should have something from your childhood to help you remember your true self and to know that you will always have people that love you no matter where you are. Jane smiled and kissed Leila's forehead. After Leila put all of her presents into her bedroom, she got into the blue-colored Toyota Camry with Ned and Beth and went to the party. The party was held at a large field on a hill. It lay just outside a forest that was situated 20 minutes away from the suburbs. Ned parked at a dirt-paved parking lot at the edge of the forest and they headed towards the field. As they neared the party, 
the sound of laughter got louder, and the sound of Indian music could be heard blasting out from huge speakers. When they reached the party, the group could see some of their classmates drinking punch from a round glass bowl, and a few were drinking from beer bottles. Some gathered by the bonfire made of logs and twigs, stacked together in a dirt clearing. The music came nearby from two big loudspeakers, attached to an iPhone on a tree stump. It belonged to one of the jocks in the basketball team. A few of the teenagers were making out on the edge of the party near the forest tree line. A boy from the basketball team saw them and walked in their direction. Hey guys, finally managed to make it to the party. Feel free to grab a drink from the punch bowl on the table over there, or grab a beer from the cooler. The rest of us are over there by the bonfire. Come join us once you've gotten your drinks, he said. Thanks, Fred, Ned said, with a bright smile on his face. Fred walked back to the basketball team and continued talking to the rest, while resting his hands on his girlfriend's shoulders. Layla, Ned and Beth walked to the table, where Layla used a metal ladle to pour a type of pinkish punch that tasted suspiciously like raspberry and vodka. Layla was not used to drinking strong alcohol and coughed a little. Ned laughed as he took a sip of beer and Beth gave him a light punch on his arm. Want to get a beer instead, Layla? Beth said empathetically. No, it's okay. It's my 19th birthday. Let me get a taste of adult wood. Besides, I'm sure that I will have to go through punches like this in university, Layla said. Come on, let's go join the others, Ned said, and led two of them towards the bonfire. As Layla passed some of her classmates, some stared at her, and a few whispered to each other. Layla thought she heard the word, cursed, and just looked ahead, as she steered herself against the usual gossip. Beth turned back and saw Layla's pain expression. She put an arm around her shoulders and said, Come on, ignore them, you look wonderful today. Layla smiled at Beth, but she still decided to put her jacket tighter around her shoulders to shield herself from the cold and the cold stairs. As she joined the rest of the basketball team, she caught one of the jocks from the team smiling at her. She blushed and tried to pretend that she didn't notice his face. As Layla tried to get into the music, she felt a tap on her shoulder. It was the jock from the basketball team who was staring at her earlier. He was tall and had blonde hair, deep blue eyes and tanned skin. He wore the team's sports jacket and a white shirt with blue jeans. You're Layla, right? He said with a charming smile. I'm Brian. Layla met his eyes and felt shy. Yeah. I'm Layla, best friend, she replied. Nice. Do you want to go for a walk? You know, like, to get away from these loud people. Layla glanced towards Ned and Beth. The two of them were kissing near the bonfire. The soft yellow glow of the bonfire created a silhouette of them as their shadows danced across the grass. They looked like the perfect couple. Layla felt lonely and vulnerable at that moment and decided to follow Brian into the woods. As they trudged 
through the fallen autumn leaves. With only the moonlight to illuminate their path, Layla felt her cheeks turn a bright shade of pink as she realized that they were the only couple walking alone in the woods. After an awkward moment of silence, Brian tried to break the silence. So, how's school? I heard from Ned that you had a rough time in some of your classes, he said. Yeah, I tend to daydream sometimes, and that usually does not help, she said. Brian chuckled and said, Don't worry, you aren't the only one who suffers from attention problems in class. I have it worse. I tend to snooze in some of my classes, and I usually wake up to the sound of a textbook snapping onto my table in some of my classes. Usually the boring ones. Lila gave Brian a sympathetic look and said, That must suck. Brian shrugged and said, It's fine, I've gotten used to it. I know a place further up ahead where we can get a better view of the stars. He offered her his hand and said, Come on. Warning bells started to occur in Leila's head. But Leila was used to being treated like an omen. In getting hostile stares in school, Ryan's interest in her caught her off guard. And feeling like a third wheel that night made her feel vulnerable. She ignored the warning bells and took Ryan's hand. He led her away from the main dirt path and they walked down a small winding path lined with rocks, dirt, and stray blades of grass. After walking for 15 minutes and turning onto a new dirt path on the right, they crossed a tiny stream and emerged into a small clearing filled with big rocks placed in a circle. It looks like the famous Stonehenge rocks in England. Wow, I had no idea our woods contained these kinds of ruins. Ella commented. Yeah, our small little town is located near Salem, so we have some of the same creepy rock formations as them. I just like to use this place to get some privacy away from my nagging parents. This is my little sanctuary, Brian explained. I don't know, I find them cool and mysterious, Ella said. Brian smiled and said, Well, I'm glad you like it. We can sit on a small flat rock near the center. As they walked past the boundary of the rocks, Lila felt a little shiver run down her spine. Her hands started to tingle a bit. Brian placed a red woolly blanket onto the stone and gestured for Lila to sit. As they sat looking at the stars, Brian slowly moved closer to her. He faked a yawn and put his arm around her shoulders. Layla was new to the world of dating, but even she knew what he was doing. She let him rest his arms on her, and as she turned to look at him, he leaned in closer. She closed the distance, and as their lips met, she tasted the slightly bitter taste of beer. As she melted into their kiss, she thought that she heard giggling from a tree nearby. She ignored it and continued kissing Brian. As he placed her hand on her face, and the kissing got more intense, she suddenly felt something cold splash over her head and all over her body. As she gasped and looked down, she saw red pain all over her dress and body. She looked behind 
and saw Tess holding a white bucket over her head and grinning evilly while two of her friends laughed. Tess then proceeded to place a witch's hat on her head. One of them, Alyssa, was holding her phone and was recording everything. Look over here, which she taunted. Man, you got some over me too. I'll have a tough time washing it off my sweater, Brian complained. Leela turned to look at him and saw him smirking. You were in on it too? Leela asked with teary eyes. Of course. Brian was from another school before he transferred over here. He used to know that boy you heard in your freshman year. He was all in on joining this plan to embarrass you. Leela looked back at Brian and he shrugged. Sorry, but my cousin is right. You deserve it for what you did, which he said. Leela quickly got up and threw the hat to the ground and pushed away Tess and the girls. She ran away from them and tried to get back to the bonfire party. As she was about to reach the main dirt path in a few meters, her hand grabbed her and she saw Brian. He laughed and said, Come on, don't be like that. It was just a joke. I know you want some of this. He forced himself onto her and pushed her onto a tree. As he started kissing her neck and started sliding up the dress, she tried to push him away and said, Stop it! I don't want anything to do with you, you sicko! Brian ignored her, and just as he was about to pull down her dress, Leila felt something within her snap. All those years of torment leading up to this moment finally got to her. The previous sensation of the tingle in her fingers came back, and it grew stronger as she imagined herself pushing him off her. She then felt a sense of hidden power unlock within her, as a white light shot from her hands, and she felt a tap of force throw Brian off her and into a nearby tree. She stood still in shock as she looked at her hands and back at Brian. As he lay groaning on the forest floor, she quickly put back on her shoulder straps and picked up her sweater. As she tried to run away, she heard Brian picking himself back up. Come back here, you bitch, he shouted after her. As she looked back, she heard a branch snapping and quickly picked up her pace to outrun him. Once she got onto the main dirt path, she continued running and thought that she heard him running behind her. But when she looked behind, she saw no one. As she raced past the tall forest trees, with only the bright moonlight illuminating her path, she thought she heard a howl in the distance. When she reached the field and stumbled out of the tree line, she felt her knees give out and she collapsed to the ground. Beth turned in time to see Layla stumble out of the forest and quickly rushed to her aid. Ned heard Beth calling to him and he turned from his team to see Layla and Beth holding her hand. He quickly walked over and saw Layla covered in red paint from head to toe. He yelled at one of his teammates to get a blanket and water. Fred quickly rushed over and handed a brown blanket to Ned. As Ned put the blanket over Layla, 
Beth took the cup of water from Fred and gave it to Layla. Layla, what happened to you? Did someone hurt you? Beth asked Layla in a gentle tone. Layla sat still in shock and couldn't get a word out. The rest of the night flew by in a haze. Layla remembered seeing Beth say something to Ned. Layla remembered seeing Beth say something to Ned. Ned went around asking people what happened. Did anyone see who was with Beth? Did anyone see anything? The next thing she knew, she was back in her house. She remembered seeing her mother and father's shocked faces as they demanded to know what happened. Once Beth and Ned left, her mother brought her to the bathroom and led Layla into the bath. Once she was clean, she was led in a slightly catatonic state into a bedroom. As her father looked from the doorway with a, wor with a worried expression, her mother tucked her in and kissed her head. Good night, pumpkin. You rest well tonight. Tomorrow, we can talk about it. Layla woke up at 9am the next day. Normally, she would have gone down to eat her breakfast. Her mother always cooked chocolate chip pancakes every Saturday, and she would usually head straight down to wolf down the pancakes. But today, all she could do was stare at the ceiling. After a few minutes, she curled into a ball and silently wept on a pillow. Around 11, her mother knocked on the door and came in. She was carrying a plate of chocolate pancakes and a glass of orange juice on a bed tray. As Jane stood at Lena's bedside, she said, When I saw that you were not coming down for breakfast, I decided to bring it up to you. Nila still stayed her up in a fetal position. Come on, Nila. I know that what you must have been through was traumatic. But you should eat something, Jane said. Nila ignored her and just kept silent. Jane put down the tray, got on Nila's bed and hugged Nila. Nila, honey, I can't imagine the pain that you're going through right now. But unless you tell me what happened, I can't help you. Lila turned toward her mother and cried into her chest. Jane rubbed her back and said soothingly, There, there. Everything's going to be fine. After a while, she kissed Lila's forehead and said, Are you ready to tell me what happened, Pumpkin? Lila shook her head. Jane wiped her tears and said, That's fine. Tell me when you are ready. Your father and I have to go run some errands. Do you want me to call your friends over to accompany you? No thanks, Mum. I just want to be alone right now. Nila said softly. Okay. When you feel better, try to eat something. We will be back soon, Jane said. She left Leila alone in her room, and Leila heard the car engine start from her window as her parents left the house. After 20 minutes, Leila slowly got up from her bed 
and put the big tray on her bed so that she could eat her breakfast. After she was done eating, she put the tray back on the floor and went back into a fetal position. 15 minutes later, she got up and went to the bathroom to take a bath. As she sat in the bathtub and let the warmth of the hot water envelop her body, she felt a bit better. But as she replayed the night in her head, it took everything in her not to cry again. She reluctantly got out of the bath and changed into a black hoodie with blue jeans. As she was combing her hair, she heard the doorbell ring and she trudged downstairs. As she opened the door, she saw anxious faces. Beth and Annette were at her doorstep with a worried look and some takeout pizza from the town's famous pizza shop, Joe's Pizza. Hey Leila, Beth said. She helped Leila. Leila greeted Ned as she invited them inside the house. We called your parents and they said that they would be a while. So we asked them if we could bring pizza over and they agreed. We bought your favourite pepperoni pizza. Beth explained. Beth and Ned put down the two pizza boxes on the coffee table and everyone sat on the living room couches. Thanks guys, but I honestly don't have much of an appetite right now, Leila said with a sad look on her face. That's fine, you can just hang out and when you feel better, you can grab a slice, that's it. Thanks Ned, I really appreciate you guys. Leila gave a small smile. Ned and Beth looked at each other and Leila could see that both of them looked slightly relieved. We thought that you wouldn't want to talk to any of us again. After last night, we left you alone when we should have been looking out for you, Beth said. Leila looked surprised. I don't blame both of you. What happened was my mistake. I let my guard down and someone took advantage of that. Leila, I know that this is probably not the best time to ask, but do you remember who it was, the person who hurt you? Beth asked. Leila frowned at this and fell silent. Sorry I asked Leila, you don't have to tell us unless you want to, Beth said apologetically. It's fine, I feel better now that you guys are here. Leila paused and sighed. The person who humiliated me was Brian from the basketball team. But he was not alone, she continued. At the mention of this, Ned's face turned red with anger. Brian, that son of a bitch, what did he do to you? I'm going to his house right now, Ned said as he got up. Leila put a hand on his arm and shook her head. Don't do anything rash. Brian isn't worth it. The mastermind behind his plan was Tess. She and her friend set up a trap for me to ridicule me and Brian was the bait, she said. Turns out that he was from the same school as the boy who hurt himself in my freshman year and the rest of the girls used him to ridicule me as a witch at some clearing. 
Et là, continue. As Beth heard about Tessa's involvement, it was her turn to see red. That bitch! I can't believe that she did that and pretended not to know. When we asked everyone whether they saw anything last night, she acted innocent and said that she didn't know anything. We should go over to her house right now to expose her, Beth exclaimed. It's fine. Anyway, she's not home right now. She and her family always go to Salem every weekend to visit relatives, Ida said. Beth sat down in a half. Come on, let's watch a movie or something, Ned said. Two of them grabbed a slice of pizza and turned on the TV. Lila started to get her appetite back as she smelled the delicious scents of freshly made pizza. She took a slice and sat back as the TV turned on. As Ned was about to change the channel, Lila saw the headline and told him to stop and turn up the volume. The news reporter on the screen was a well-dressed woman in her 30s. Her brown hair was tied up in a bun, and she was wearing a grey suit. She said, Last night, a young man was found dead in the woods. The police authorities say that it looked like he was mauled by an animal. Forest rangers can only describe what looks to be the claw marks of a wolf found on the young man's torso and legs. But it is highly unlikely, as there has not been a wolf sighting a red fox in over a hundred years. The police have identified the body to belong to a young local from Red Fox who goes by the name of Brian Wilcox. The reporter's voice faded out as Nina stared at the screen in shock. Beth turned to her shocked. Ned gulped and quickly turned off the TV. He can't be. He was just behind me last night, Nila Mama. What do you say? Beth asked. Suddenly, Lila remembered what happened after Brian caught up to her in the woods. She contemplated telling them about the white light and Brian's sexual assault, but she was already feeling chills on her spine as she remembered his touch and she was not ready to go down that lane. She had already dealt with too much today. Um, nothing. I was just thinking about school. How everyone who was at a party last night must be shocked to hear about this, Ella like. As they sat in silence, the main door unlocked, and Lila's parents walked into the house. Oh hey, Bevanette. Glad to see you guys, Henry showed off as he noticed their glum expressions. What happened? I expected Lena to look unhappy, but you guys look just as bad as her, he continued. Ned gulped and both greeted Lena's parents. Mr. and Mrs. Walker, we just heard the news that one of our classmates was killed last night in the woods, Ned explained. I see. Mr. and Mrs. Wilcox must be devastated. Poor boy. He was too young. Leila, are you alright? Henry asked. Leila nodded. Alright, how about all of us finish the pizzas and we can head down to pay our respects? 
to the Wilcox family. Leila, you don't have to come if you don't want to. You can rest at home, Henry continued. It's fine, Dad. I can come. I want to pay my respects. I feel better after talking to Ned and Beth, Leila said. Jane smiled at this, but she looked slightly sad. She was glad that Leila felt better, but she felt hurt that Leila felt more comfortable confiding in them than her. Everyone got into Henry's car and drove to Brian Wilcox's house. It was a 10-minute drive away and lay on another street nearby the school. As they drove towards the house, Leila could see a small crowd gathered at the entrance. Leila got out of the car and saw a familiar car nearby. It was Adam's car. This made her hesitant, as the last person she wanted to see right now was Tess. As she contemplated staying in the car, she saw someone open the door, and out stepped Brian's mother. Leila immediately felt a pang of guilt in her stomach, as she remembered Brian on the forest floor and groaning in pain. She knew that what he did was wrong but he didn't deserve to die such a horrible death. She reluctantly closed the car door and followed the rest to the house. As the crowd cleared, Leila and the rest walked up to Elizabeth, Brian's mother. They greeted each other, and Leila couldn't look her in the eye as she said her condolences. Jane introduced herself to Elizabeth and handed her a tuna casserole. Ned said that Brian was the best shooter in his team and that he was sorry for her loss. Elizabeth gave her thanks and welcomed them inside, but it was already full of guests. Jane and Henry thanked her for her hospitality, but they told her that they would come another day when she was not too busy with guests. As they left the house, Nina was secretly grateful that she did not have to go inside the house. Just as they were about to enter their car, Adam and Tess walked out of the house. Tess looked inconsolable, while Adam tried his best to comfort her. Leila saw them and quickly ducked into the car. Beth was about to walk toward Tess to question her about what happened at the bonfire party. But Ned held her back and shook his head. Adam saw them and was about to wave to Layla when he saw Layla duck into the car. He looked confused at first, but was too busy comforting Tess to think too much about it. He waved to Henry and Jane, who waved back as they got back into the car to drive back home. After Ned and Beth left her house in the evening, Leila stayed in her room to try and do some homework. Her parents told her that she did not have to go to school on Monday if she wanted to recuperate from a traumatic event. She had gone through so much in two days and she honestly didn't like facing any of her classmates after some of them saw her at a bonfire party, looking like Carrie on a prom night. But she knew 
that she would have to face the humiliation sooner or later, and she was really used to being looked at like a freak. So she told them that she would be fine going to school on Monday. Both of them looked worried, but decided to let Leila go to school, since she wanted to and said that she could handle it. They asked her about the incident, and Leila told them vague ideas of what happened. How she was pranked on Halloween by some teenagers. How she felt humiliated and wanted to go home. Her parents were furious and wanted to know who pranked her. But Nela lied and told them that it was just some boys from another school who were bored and saw her as an easy target. She said that Ned and Beth stood up for her and that the matter was resolved. Jane looked like she didn't really believe Leila was telling the full story, as she saw how traumatized Leila was. But she didn't want to force the issue, as she knew that Leila already had a long day. First, she had to deal with her trauma, and now, the death of her schoolmate, all on the same day. Leila spent the rest of the weekend in her room, trying to focus on her work she tried to shut out the memory of what happened to her on her birthday. But no matter how hard she tried, she still couldn't stop thinking about the white glow of light and the feeling of release as she saw Brian thrown into a tree. What was that about, she thought. Was it, was I somehow responsible for his death? Did I injure his back and weaken him? Did that leave him defenseless? as he got mauled by wild animals. Even though she was still traumatized by what he did to her, he still couldn't help but feel a pang of guilt every time she thought about him. I have come to the end of my podcast and um, I will be uploading Silver Hearts Part 2 soon, so stay tuned. I hope you like this story and um, See you again next time.